0: is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail, and along the road we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words.
1: Strumpet, quim, beard splitter,
0: inexpressibles! Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute. We are your hosts, Leandra. Ann Kelly. And Rocky Horror Minute is a podcast where we go over the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail, one minute at a time. Today, we are going over Minute Three. That's right. And,
1: of course, that just involves more of the science fiction double feature song. Uh,
0: Leandra, do you want to go over? Gladly. Okay. So, we ended with Anne Francis starring in Forbidden Planet. And... Next we have wa- uh, uh, oh, oh, at the late night double feature picture show. I knew Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills, and I really got hot when I saw Jeanette Scott fight a triffid that spits poison and kills. Dana Andrews said prunes, gave him the runes, and passing the muse lots of skills. But when worlds collide, said George Powell to his bra, and we don't know what George Powell said to whoever this bra person is. Um, this is, of course, a mixture of the lips and our, our drippy lettered
1: credits. I love how you read the lyrics, Leandra. It sounds like a nursery
0: rhyme. Our, our very good friend Oscar has a love of the lullaby versions of the, of the Rocky Our Picture Show music. He has it on his phone to pull up really at any given time. I mean, don't we all? Well, I guess I should get, on, get in on that. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: So yeah, and then, so we've got the credits, right? Yep. So we start with Jonathan Adams. He was really more of a TV actor. He played Dr. Everett Scott. He did a lot of work with BBC. And he's also one of the original cast members to return from the Rocky Horror Show. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I didn't know
1: that he was in the Rocky Horror Show.
0: Yeah, um, he uh, he was the original Dr. Scott.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, Peter
1: Hinwood, of course, lifelong actor, <laughs>
0: champion of the silver screen, right? Oh, for sure. He didn't do much acting before or after this. And up until his death in 2018, he was an antiques dealer. He had that shop with his uh, with his lifelong partner, and he didn't really talk about Rocky Horror because he was pretty sure that he was a bad actor, and watching it made him cringe. <laughs> yeah, well, at least uh, at least he didn't have to cringe at his singing. Yep,
1: that wasn't him, yeah. thankfully, or maybe not thankfully. Well, I mean, I can only assume that if they dubbed over him, especially, I mean. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but if they dubbed over him with that singer, I can only
0: imagine what the, what his real voice was like. Yeah, that's a low bar. And he really, he really must have tripped under it. Did I say <laughs> Jonathan Adams was the original Dr. Scott? Because if I did, that's lies. No, he was actually the original narrator who later became the criminologist for the film. Okay,
1: yeah. Because I thought that was actually one of the things I was going to talk about and I was going to bring it up in a minute but since we're on this topic we've got of course meatloaf as eddie the ex delivery boy and in the original rocky horror show of course eddie and dr scott are played by the same actor and i was just wondering what you think of the choice
0: to split the casting well i don't know from a moviegoer's point of view i can understand why you don't really have to have a striking, uncanny resemblance in a film. You can go, this is that person's the nephew. And then an audience member will go, okay, that's fine. But for a campy musical, getting the nephew and Dr. Scott paired together definitely makes a lot of sense. I know Meatloaf, when he originally took on the role of Eddie and Dr. Scott did not want to wear the fishnets. And yeah. he was like, I'm not doing that. I, the, Absolutely not. So then he saw a production of Rocky Horror Show with the person who previously played Eddie and Dr. Scott. And on For the Thrills, mm-hmm. when Dr. Scott <laughs> reveals that he's wearing fishnets, the audience just erupted in applause. And that was yeah. when Meatloaf went, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I'm I mean, do this. yeah, I mean, that's a huge moment. Oh yeah, uh,
1: like probably one of the big crowd pleasing moments in the movie uh, or the show. I haven't seen the Rocky Horror Show live, but I assume in the show as well. So, I, I mean, I get it. I honestly have always thought that splitting the casting was an odd choice. No disrespect, because I love Jonathan Adams' performance as Dr. Scott. I think it's really funny and silly, and obviously Meatloaf is a classic. I wouldn't have wanted somebody else to play Eddie. But I'm just saying that I like the idea of them being played by the same actor, and that can't be quality it would lend. When I first learned that, I finally learned the answer to why Eddie disappears so early in the movie and Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Scott appears randomly at one point. You know, it made more sense to why they were, you know, why they were so split in the first and second halves of the movie. But anyway, I do understand that it probably seemed more cinematic, but it's not that cinematic of a movie in a lot of ways. It it holds on to a lot of its stage musical charm.
0: So I'm it not does. sure
1: if I would have liked the liked the combined casting better i don't know
0: i know that meatloaf was particularly disappointed that he wasn't also dr scott Uh, was he yeah he was at least from what i've heard the word on the street as it were he uh, he was very sad that he went from having that very kind of iconic reveal to just being the guy that has the really fast song but yeah i love it yeah yeah so anyway i
1: just wanted to talk about that difference between the show and the musical or the show Oh, and for movie. sure
0: so next up on the credits we have charles gray as the criminologist and he was pretty well known as an actor he also was in not one but two james bond films he was in diamonds are forever and i guess amusingly enough he was in you only live twice which clearly <laughs> charles gray did in the bondiverse <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have. I've seen Diamonds Are Forever. I've not seen You Only Live Twice. I think, unless it was during one of the many Bond marathons my dad would play as a child. So anyway, I uh, I love Charles Gray. I think he's a phenomenal actor for that kind of really silly performance that he gives. And. I love his delivery of the lines in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I can't imagine the criminologist played by anybody else at this point.
0: And he is one of the few, the proud, who reprises his role, sort of, in Shock Treatment. The criminologist and Judge Oliver Ryder, maybe not the same person, but they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, we'll get into that when we do
1: Shock Treatment Minute. <laughs> something that I just, something that Leandra
0: is hearing about for the first time right now. <laughs> oh, not the first time. I've also heard about it in my nightmares. <laughs> but that really concludes the list of performers for this minute. The rest of it comes right back to Pat Quinn's beautiful lips. All
1: right. So I'll, uh, I have some notes about the different sci fi references in this particular minute fantastic so of course the first one is to a reference to the film tarantula when it says leo g carroll was over a barrel when tarantula took to the hills that's pretty straightforward the actor leo g carroll was screwed in the movie basically because his giant tarantula escaped and (laughs) ran off into the hills to wreak havoc upon the world has this ever happened to you (laughs) Well, that's what you get with your giant growth serum. He was kind of like a mad scientist character. Interestingly, perhaps, the director of Tarantula was Jack Arnold. So he also directed It Came From Outer Space, which was already referenced in this same song, and Creature From the Black Lagoon. Ooh. So then we had I Really Got Hot When I Saw Jeanette Scott Fight a Triffid That Spits Poison and Kills. Of course, that often confuses people because, at least in America, we aren't familiar with what the hell a triffid is. In the movie, it is a large, like mobile carnivorous plant that is from a meteor shower. It's they're like aliens, but so they can walk around and spit poison and kill you, etc. Apparently, in British English, it's a somewhat common term now that you would just use to refer to like a weird, large, strange, and interesting plant, you know, say like, I don't know, like some kind of weird invasive plant, you might call it a triffid. But so that's, that's that explained. And then of course, Dana Andrews said prunes gave him the runes and passing them used lots of skills. That's probably one of the more obscure references in the song. And one of my least favorite. Have you seen it? No. Oh, I just don't okay. like that series of lines. I'm like, Oh, no. It's it, it's honestly a very... So it's hard to even parse what this line means, I would say. Prunes gave him the runes and passing them used lots of skills. Doesn't mean anything to you unless you've seen this movie or researched it. The movie is Night of the Demon. And it's apparently a decent movie. I have not watched it yet. I probably will at some point. but. I was trying to understand what could possibly be referring to prunes in this movie. And as far as I can tell, it's just like a British slang term for like a stodgy old person. And I guess Richard O'Brien was that desperate for a rhyme with runes. I mean, runes are very prominent in the movie. The whole thing is about, I guess, this demonic set of runes that you need to pass to somebody. Um, yeah, in order to and they were like informed that they would need to do this in order to be rid of the curse or whatever. And um, I get but even so I mean, again, to say passing them used lots of skills is not how human beings talk, even if they're from Britain. So uh so the syntax it's a pretty clumsy line written for the rhyme again. I'm sorry Richard O'Brien if you're listening to this. Endorse us and I will record over it. But that's that's my take on that particular lyric at least.
0: Yeah, I think that now that you've explained it, it's it makes so much more sense. I was thinking of literal prunes and I thought this was just a very weird like let's pause the science fiction references and talk about like Constipation and prunes right. is a laxative.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really the only thing that I've never even seen a prune in real life. That's the only thing I associate prunes with, really. You've never seen a prune in real
0: life? <laughs>
1: no. Okay. They're not the same as raisins, right? Or are they?
0: no, they're they're okay. not. They're they're like large raisins. They're very tasty.
1: I'll take your word for that, but yeah, I mean so. It's, like, at least, again, this might be different for British audiences or whatever, but for an American audience, I think prunes are, like, almost synonymous with laxatives. So it's, yeah, not a favorite line of mine. And the next one is not bad, but it's weird, too, because the the next line is, When Worlds Collide said George Pell to his bride, I'm going to give you some terrible thrills. The thing that's weird about this, When Worlds Collide, of course, is a movie But George Powell is the producer of that movie. He's not in it. He doesn't play a character. He's not even the director. So unsure why he and his bride were name-dropped in the song and what Richard O'Brien meant by this. I mean, does that make any sense to you, Leandra? It
0: may not make sense, but I don't know. There's just something very very good about uh, that series of uh, of syllables put together said george powell to his bride i don't know it just it feels right so So this good on you richard
1: yeah i mean unlike the prunes thing i actually do like this lyric a lot and as somebody who plays trixie that line is usually like your big moment the terrible thrills part um, or at least that's where I save any big reveals I have going on, usually for that moment because then you've got like one chorus left to do whatever fun thing you're doing. So anyway, love that moment in the song. Love the lyric. Not sure why he chose George Pell unless it just was the best name. and like his bride. I don't and what I'm wondering is if there's a bit of like cinema history there I'm not privy to. I did try to find out uh, without any
0: success, but, like,
1: I don't know if it's referencing something but that's the situation with that so
0: i know that when i'm choreographing Trixie routines if somebody's like i really want to end this in fewer clothing pieces than i started with i generally tell them that it's when world's cuss shirt <laughs> said george pal to his bride i'm gonna give you some terrible thrills like your skirts off and that's kind of how I tend to get that going so you're right it is I think a very good time to to start taking off those clothes
1: yeah I mean I well you're lucky if I even start the routine in a shirt but uh I would I'll sometimes take some smaller things off earlier if I'm stripping or if there's like I do as you know Leandra I do a lot of sillier Trixie routines with some kind of joke element so that is sometimes where i save the big reveal of whatever stupid thing i'm going to do uh, because then i've got then i've got a whole chorus to play with it i think a lot of newbies to Trixie set it up so that they are completely naked by terrible thrills and that's a mistake because That last minute or so of the song is longer than than you think when you're standing out there naked and like out of things to do, you know, and by naked, of course, I mean, mostly naked to the degree that our theater allows it.
0: Yeah, ideally, I think that the some really good pacing with that is get down to a level of undress that you think that the audience would think is you being done. And then in the very last couple of seconds of the of the song take off just one more article of clothing and that makes people go like oh my god I can't believe that this happened <laughs> that's precisely true yeah just take off a sock and people will go crazy
1: yeah I mean
0: that's uh, your philosophy
1: oh yeah um Leandra has a foot fetish everyone Dan don't edit this out the world needs to know <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: not a true statement, but thanks for that.
1: Um, So that's that's pretty much all I had on the sci-fi references. This is, of course, still part of the typical Trixie routine, and we were talking about that. I don't know if you had any other
0: exciting Trixie routines you've seen. So this was one that I actually didn't see, but I heard about, and it involves you. So one of your tricksies is old lady Trixie. So <laughs> no when we talk about prunes, we're really kind of segwaying nicely. Yeah. And you've done this a couple of times now, but for one of them, you're like, hey, can I borrow your cane? Because not that it super matters, but I have really, really, really bad knees. So sometimes I use a cane. It's yeah. not a fashion statement. Although it could be it's really cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she was like, can I borrow your cane for Trixie? And I was like, yeah, sure. I guess that's fine. And from what I heard from people who were either disgusted or thought that this was the funniest thing in the world, she actually deep-throated my cane on I stage. Did. I did. So I I do a lot
1: of gags when I do the old lady Trixie, and I've always wanted a cane but hadn't been able to get my hands on one that would work for this purpose. So I was excited about Leander's. But unfortunately, like many canes, it's hooked at the top in a way that I would not be able to fillet it in an effective way. And I mean, listen, if that is how you were born or what you're working with all bodies are beautiful but it's not it's not ideal for that purpose so I had to go in from the bottom and that's I think what really upset people and there I am not going to lie to you the back of our theater is filthy like most movie theaters it is just like concrete and dust and like nastiness backstage so it was a very gritty experience for me be felt... such a bad word to use to <laughs> describe,
0: describe anything that goes in your mouth.
1: There is no way that this would be well received post COVID. It was not. I mean, I we have a regular who I who I thought was going to love this because he usually loves anything wacky and crazy and like out there. But I came to him after the show and he was like practically outraged that I did this. He was uh. that was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Why would you do that? So there you go. But yes, that was that's one of my favorite ones I've ever done. I hope someday I get to do it again.
0: For for your health, I hope that <laughs> you skip the filleting of a cane that is used on actual ground. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of segues, um, yeah. my favorite callbacks from uh, from this piece of the song, this minute of it, there are a lot of fun ones. This is where you get, hey, um, how'd you get the cum off your lips? Lick it, bitch. And that lines up with Patricia Quinn's lips just licking on tarantula took to the hills. So absolutely yeah. adore that. And my, my favorite kind of silly callback is right after fight a Triffid that spits poison and kills. I've heard it as what the fuck's a Triffid or somebody will mishear Triffid and say what the fuck's a trivet. <laughs> and both of those just they fill me with delight. Yeah. And now the next time you hear that callback, you can shout back.
1: A triffid is a large mobile carnivorous plant that came to earth in a meteor shower. Listen to Rocky Horror Minute for more facts of this type. Yes,
0: you could do that. You could. I encourage you to do just that. Yes. There are some people that really like the fight a penis that spits semen and spills or kills. And I don't know. It's not even that it's vulgar. It's just not quite as fun for me. Yeah, I've never even heard that one. But I think that we've talked a fair amount about this here minute, so let's go ahead and wrap up. We will come to you next time with what the terrible thrills might be for the rest of science fiction double feature, the song. Yes. And now to end like we end all of our podcast episodes now. You don't, you don't have, have to go home, but you can't stay here, so, so get, get the, the fuck out. <laughs> Better everything. This minute is cursed. This cursed minute brought to you by the letter Y.